Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another season of the Watermark Students Podcast. Hey, season seven? Season seven. We've been doing this for seven years. That's about not true at all. (laughs) It's two seasons a year. So so. three and a half years of the Watermark Students Podcast. It's good to be back. I'm Will McElroy, and I'm joined with Hannah Spence. Hey, hey. What's up, Hannah? And then, of course, you already know Jermaine Harrison. What's up, y'all? And then our student guest is Emerson Campion. What's Hello. up, Emerson? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, She's so excited. <laughs> She's so excited to tell us to talk about herself right now. Where do you go to school, Emerson? I go to Pierce. What do you do at Pierce? School. <laughs> She's a student there. Um, I play soccer. You play soccer. There you go. Sweet, man. We love yeah. hot soccer. But, okay, anyways, this season, I don't know if you know this, Emerson, but uh, we always do kind of an just an intro question, an icebreaker question, if you will, for every episode. And this season, we're going to talk about common sayings that don't make common sense. Mm. And so we've all heard sayings that we're just like, what do those even mean? We've said them and we don't even know what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about Emerson. Tell me what this means. What does it mean when you hear coming out of the woodwork? (laughs) Oh, I've like never heard that before. Coming out of the woodwork. You never heard that before? No. Hannah, wow. have you heard that before? I've heard that one. What does it mean, <laughs> Hannah? When I think about it, I kind of feel like it means like that's coming out of nowhere or just like maybe so much of it that it's just coming out of everywhere. <laughs> I'm really not sure. <laughs> it does, it does like not make born sense. born out of the wood. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> like what's the origin of that? Like what's like is there like like slats in the wood? And so maybe it to me it sounds like maybe some animals or some beetles that are <laughs> hiding behind a wall and then all of a sudden all at the same moment like a bunch of you know roaches or something are coming out of the woodwork where you didn't see them before and now you're seeing them and so it like you know like you got a termite problem a like termite out problem of the woodwork yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I, what i guess i see, don't know. i i thought that it was the, the phrase originated maybe from like a woodworker like <laughs> carving something you know and he's like that bird i just carved came out of the woodwork and like no. me working the no, wood it no, no, definitely no. is not no. that i think Jermaine's <laughs> makes more sense i think, I think like Jermaine's is, is right though because the definition is an unpleasant person or thing so it could be a person oh uh emerging from obscurity so, oh, there you go. Oh, there, you go. there you go. Something unpleasant. That's what I did it is. not Google it before. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was wrong, <laughs> even though it makes no sense. It you doesn't think, make sense. Anyways, 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 that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about uh, guarding your heart. That's the topic that uh, Emerson chose. And Emerson, I always love to ask just why did you, when I asked you, you know, would you ever be interested in coming on the podcast at, at Lead Team the other day? You're like, yes. And I want to talk about guarding my heart. Like, it was just so automatic. What, what made you want to talk about that? Um, you know, I think it's just something that's always been a struggle for me. Um, and especially last year, one day I was kind of scrolling through the podcast looking if there was one on guarding your heart. Just kind of like, oh, I, I need help with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, there isn't one yet. So, so I'll you're do like, it. let's do it. <laughs> and what is that even? I think that's a, 
if I had to write a list of Christian cliches, <laughs> that one would be, wouldn't, do y'all all think it'd be near the top? Yes. Yeah. And so what is it, we've all probably heard it if we've grown up in church world, but what does it mean to guard your heart? Um, you know, I think there's two parts to it. One being like from an external perspective, it's like protecting yourself from what you see and what you hear and what you talk about. But then from an internal perspective, it's being aware of what you're idolizing or prioritizing or you're acting off of. So it's your thoughts and your feelings and your motives. Um, and just being aware of the two things and how they affect each other, mm-hmm. really. Mm. Mm, I love that. It's like, as you were talking, it, it just the imagery came to my mind that our heart is always under attack. Like the the, the purity in which our heart was created and intended to um, experience the world and know the world and enjoy God is always under attack from ourselves, from our own thoughts and our own feelings and our own desires and externally like you're just talking about. And so we need to guard it because every day there's something trying to um, distort it, distract it dis- and, and destroy it. So I, I totally agree. I think that's a great just base base definition of what does it mean to guard your heart and but why is it so important for high school students to pay attention to to guarding the heart and what they're putting into their heart um i think the biggest one and most important is proverbs 4 23 says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it keep your mouth free of perversity keep corrupt talk from your lips let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. And it's just like, God commands us to do so. It specifically just says above all else, guard your heart. Um, and not only, so yeah, that's most important, but Mm -hmm. secondly, it's just not only does it glorify him, but also like I have learned that nothing good comes from giving your heart away to the temporary things of this world Mm -hmm. because they are fleeting. And once they go away, they leave that gap that only Christ can fill. But Mm -hmm. I know I've been prone to fill it with other things that ultimately can't satisfy. Yeah, I I think that's so true. And I think uh, if I'm looking at high school students specifically, I I think the reason I would stress guarding your heart so much is because it only gets harder. Mm -hmm. It may not feel like that when you're a high school student, but as I get older, there's just there's more and more there for me to fill my heart with Uh, like like materialism as a thing that I think adults struggle with that maybe high schoolers don't struggle with as much on top of like lust still being a problem and comparison still being a problem. And then you start getting kids and then I'm sure it's easy to compare your kids to other people's kids or (laughs) there's more and more and more that just keeps piling onto your life. And if you're not careful uh, as a high schooler, then what are you going to do when you're 25 or 35 or 45? Like it's going to just compound and compound. And so that is one reason why for high schoolers specifically, I would say, Hey, start now, like start taking small steps in this area. Now that way, when you get older, you're just have already trained yourself to know how to do this and to know how to guard your heart. Yeah. I think that's important because it's not like you're going to become an adult and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I've got my walk with the Lord down. My heart is protected. I'm not searching after all of these things, but it true, it's true that it only gets harder to do that. And that even just makes me think of Proverbs 4.23, where it does talk about 
keeping your heart with all vigilance for from it flows to the springs of life. But if you skip down to verse 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. And oftentimes what we're feeding our heart um, is a result of us seeking something that's secure and sure. Um, and we're looking for that in the world. But the Lord is true to his word and his promises in his word, which is like, hey, when you're pondering your path and you're seeking me, you will find that security um, that you're searching for in all of these things, which is why I think it's another reason to, for you to guard your heart and be particular with what you're letting into your heart and mind. Yeah. And the only other thing I would add is just a reemphasis of something that um, Emerson said of and Hannah reference of Proverbs 4.23. The answer to the question, why is it important for high school students to pay attention to guarding their heart is because the God of the universe who loved you so much that he sent his son to live, to die, and to raise again so that you can have a relationship with him. That same God knew that your heart would be under attack from internal and external forces every single day. And so he wanted to make sure it was as crystal clear as possible. But this is one of the the most um, important daily activities to protect you because he he loves you and he has your best interest in mind and your best interests um, at heart. So that's great. Emerson, I want to hear a little more about just your experience with guarding your heart. Like, why is this a topic uh, that you're passionate about and want to talk about? Like, what how did you learn to guard your heart? Yeah, um, I think I have three main areas of life where I've done a poor job of guarding my heart. I'll use my little castle analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of my heart as a castle and like at the center is my little throne where Christ should be and he should be the center of my heart and my life should be surrounded around him. Um, however, I have done a poor job of keeping him at the center. I have placed him next to the throne. Um, I think the biggest thing I've put on there is my is just idolizing joy and fun. Mm-hmm. and just contentment and just wanting to enjoy everything, um, which has greatly led to lustful thoughts. Um, for a long time, I turned to those to distract myself from all the other emotions that I had with life. Um, I just suppress those and just just think of mm-hmm. just impure thoughts. Um, and I just had was not being good about what I was watching and what I was listening to and what I talked about with people. Um, so that's, that's what it leads to. It's a slippery slope. Uh, one thought leads to the next. I'll say what Allie said yesterday at small group. Um, she said, give the devil an inch and he'll take a mile. And it's just like, man, one thought turned into another that turned into another. And it grew to this big, uh, yeah, just not guarding my heart. Well, um, my mom also, well, she's always said this quote and I thought it was hers until literally like two <laughs> days ago. Um, it's not, uh, <laughs> But you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. It's like you will be tempted and those thoughts will be there, but it's if you choose to dwell on them and fall into that temptation or if you choose to flee. Um, Who said the quote? Martin Luther. <laughs> Martin Luther. <Not> <laughs> um, Cindy was keeping that yeah. for me. She was like, this is, this is a good quote for her to think I can Also, if you gave me a thousand guesses, I would not have guessed Martin Luther. <laughs> there? I would have guessed like Mother Teresa or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, great yeah. quote, great quote. Thanks, Martin Luther. But um, and then next, I'd say people and finding my security in what others think 
Um, specifically for me after region, I was like, you know what? I know I struggle with this. I know guarding my heart is like, it's hard. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna, this is after region, but also like true today. Um, I'm like, you know what? I don't think it'd be best for me to date. And I've put up that kind of like external guard, like, okay, like I'm going to put that boundary there just to, I know that it wouldn't be good for me. Um, however, I'd say I did a poor job of guarding my heart internally. Um, when it came to finding my security in a guy like emotionally. Mm. Um, and honestly, I took pride in the fact that I was choosing not to date because it's like, oh, look at me, like everyone else's, but I'm going to choose this. And it's like, oh, God's probably so happy with me, you know. But like I was unaware that I was inwardly not glorifying God, um, mm. which I think also is easy with when it comes to your thoughts and like internal emotions. It's like it's easy to hide. Like I got good at being able to control my actions and my words, but not be able to control my thoughts. Um, and that's just one example. Um, but combating that with, I think John 2, 15 through 17 is just a good like over overall, just what it looks like to guard your heart. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes from, wait, comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of god lives forever mm. it's just like people and thoughts in the next like grades like none of these things can satisfy because they will pass away but um even colossians 1 16 um for he created all things and wait let me yeah check. you're right yeah um all things have been created through him and for him it's just like we are made to live for him and him alone. Um, and he's the only one that can satisfy. And I think that leads into next is with, for me, grades and performance. Um, also not only idolizing it, but like fantasizing about it and like plotting what my life is going to look like. Mm, like mm. I'm going to do this, get this grade, going to go to this college, get this. This is how I'm like just planning. It's like, it doesn't go that way. And it rarely ever does. Um, and it constantly leaves me disappointed and once again, like leaves that little gap that only Christ can fill. But yeah. Gosh, Emerson, that is wow. so good. Thanks for sharing. Yes, seriously. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I love that. I I love that a lot. What would you say? I always kind of think it's helpful to get get practical, especially when we're and, and you've been practical, but especially when we're talking about cliches that we hear all the time about guarding your heart. Um, like, what does that mean? Like, how do I like physically guard my heart? But for you, Emerson, if you could go back to your sophomore self and just get practical with 10th grade Emerson and say like, Hey, you keep hearing, you've learned about this phrase, guard your heart. Like you're going to try to do it, but here are some things that you can apply to your life today that will help you guard your heart. What would you, what would you tell a person? Um, I think first I would say, take time to reflect. And really just look at your heart and say, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Or even like, what are you doing? For me, like I easily suppress thoughts and emotions that I knew were wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I intentionally was like, no, don't think about it. Um, but if I had just gone in and thought about it and brought it to others, uh, talked about it with community or parents or whoever it is um, that can easily come in and help. Um, I think, yeah, reflecting is a big one. And then even going from there it's like okay next filling that with 
Christ, which starts with spending time with him daily and just renewing your mind, um, making it a habit of putting him first. Because that's ultimately where when you do a poor job of guarding your heart, it's because Christ isn't at the center. Um, So making it a habit of putting him at the center, um, I think is really important. And then when it comes to, at least for me, I wish I just told myself to um, not be afraid to say no to watching things or listening Mm -hmm. to things. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's just like, I was so scared to say no because I thought I'd be judged or like, oh. FOMO, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But knowing that that was not glorifying the Lord um, by going along with it. uh, So, yeah, even just humbling yourself Mm -hmm. and surrendering to his plans. Yeah. Yeah. Emerson, I'm so encouraged by your... um, like the advice, the practical advice that you just did isn't just something theoretical, but it's something that you've um, actually practiced over as you've learned and grown and, um, you know, figured out how, out how to best guard your heart personally. And I just want to like publicly like encourage you and say how encouraging it is to hear of how you reflected on your life and reflected on the ways that you weren't guarding, guarding your heart. Um, we would all do better with a little bit more time to just stop and to be still and to reflect on, um, where our heart is and, um, where our, where our life is headed. If we just honestly just stopped in our busy world and busy culture with all the things that we have going on, none of which necessarily are bad, but, they drown out the opportunity to stop and listen to the Lord and listen to his spirit and hear him encourage us and challenge us in in different ways. And so I'm so encouraged by your vulnerability and authenticity. I think most people, especially most teenagers, if they were honest, like they can really relate to the things that you talked about, whether it be with lustful thoughts or with um, people or with performance and grades, like all of those things are, you know, a common, a common teenage experience, but the response of reflecting and um, applying God's word and, you know, other things like surrounding yourself with community and practicing um, the discipline of gratitude. Those are the things that are not common and um, that are essential, though, if you want to guard your heart. So thanks for sharing those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um both Emerson and Jermaine just mentioned this, but um, just want to highlight it of like guarding your heart isn't just a list of I can't do this, I can't do this, I've got to remove this, but it is uh, taking away and then feeding your heart and your soul with things from the Lord. In Philippians 4, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so that's just a tangible step of like, man, what does it look like to guard my heart? It looks like feeding your heart with the things that the Lord says is good and to seek after. And I heard you talk all about that. And I'm just really encouraged by the application piece of that. And so my question to you is, as you have guarded your heart, you reflected, what has the result of that been? Because you mentioned like, man, I idolized fun and all of these things, which don't seem like bad emotions but like you said you put that above the lord so now that you are guarding your heart and you're seeking the lord what has the result been um yeah i think that if anything 
I think it's kind of ironic that once I did put Christ at the center of my heart, I started finding those things that I was initially chasing. Um, the joy, the contentment, the gratitude, even humility. I think a lot of this at the root was pride, thinking I was too good um, to have, to need Christ. Uh, but even just humbling myself with the fact that I thought I was the only one that can knows my thoughts in my heart. And I tried to hide that, but like, no, there is a God that knows your heart. And like when everyone else looks at your actions and your words, but he looks at the heart, which is first Samuel 16, seven, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's just like, man, he knows that I struggled with this and I was so adamant to not let anyone know. Um, so yeah, but once you guard your heart, I was quick to learn that I got that joy and that gratitude that Jermaine was talking about. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Um, this is maybe a little bit of a record scratch and going back to something that you were saying, but I feel like I should, um, highlight it. You talked about how, you know, when you weren't guarding your heart, you weren't attentive to like what you were watching or what you were listening to. And you said that one of the ways that you struggled was like with lustful thoughts and impure thoughts. And again, I think that that's really vulnerable. You would say that, especially as a girl, like it's, yeah. you know, I guess it's more quote unquote normal for a guy to share mm -hmm. about that and not as quote unquote normal for a girl too, but it is normal. And the thing I wanted to say is, um, to encourage our audience is, and to do your homework. And here's what I mean by that. Just because everyone's watching that show, watching that movie, listening to that whatever album or podcast or reading that book doesn't mean that you should as well. And, you know, and I'm saying that to myself too, like where there's maybe, you know, TV shows or whatever that everyone's talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to watch that too. And, you know, when you go on there and it like tells you, it's TV, whatever, like MA, and like it gives you like the reasons why it is like there's been so many times where I've seen a a um, reason why it's a TV mature show or movie or whatever. And I've gone, oh, it's OK. I'll, you know, I'll fast forward through it or something like that. And, you know, at the end of it, I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't, you know, like seen that or watched that. Like I've stopped watching shows because of that. But like I started because I didn't do my homework and didn't protect my heart in the beginning and, you know, saw the, 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 um, you know, just a poor choice and how that impacted my thoughts or my heart in those moments. And so anyways, I say that to say, I know that a temptation for all of us, especially in this world of media and social media is to just, oh yeah, I'll just click on that. I'll just watch that. Everyone's watching this. Everyone's listening to this. And so I'll do it too. And I think as followers of Jesus who actually want to guard their hearts, like we should have a different like step, you know, before mm -hmm. that, before mm -hmm. we were recording, we'll give an illustration. Actually, that kind of fills in with this. Why don't you share that? The one? White House? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Emerson's castle analogy made me think of that. It, like, I think America's closest thing to a castle is the White House. <laughs> and if you go to the White House, like you're going to have to go through security, right? Like you're going to have to go through a metal detector. And I'm sure I've never met the president, but I'm sure if you met the president, you'd be pat down like they would do a background check. And even when you are meeting him, like, you know, he's got secret service watching your every move. And in the same way, I think 
our, our hearts the, the same thing where it should be like, man, we should have to, anything that enters our heart, whether it be social media or what friends we have or what we're listening to, like there should be a background track check being done and just mm-hmm. asking yourself like, man, is this going to help me like run towards the Lord? Like something that I love talking about is Hebrews 12, one, it says lay aside every weight and sin. And so I don't think we should just ask ourselves like, oh, does this movie have like nudity? Like, would it be bad for me to watch it? Like, would it be sinful for me to watch this? I think the question you should ask for every song, even if there's not an explicit word in the song, it's like, man, is this going to help me run to the Lord? Like, is this a weight? Like, it may not be sinful, but is it helping me like run? Um, And so that's what I would ask. It's just like, I mean, the president probably asked that question, you know, with his time of just like, do I really need to meet with this person? Like I'm busy. They may not be a bad person, but like, why do I need to meet with Will? He's a youth pastor in Dallas. Like that has nothing to do, you know, <laughs> that's what he would ask himself if he was had a meeting with me. And so anyways, I hope that analogy makes sense. And I think it ties into Hannah's question about like, what is the result of guarding your heart? Well, the result's going to be like, you're going to be safer. You're going to have more joy. Like Psalm 1611, it's just, you make known to me the path of life and your presence. There's fullness of joy. And so like Emerson said earlier, it's just like, I think the Lord should be uh, on the throne of my heart and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so as long as he's on the throne of my heart and as long as I'm guarding my heart, like I'm going to have more joy I'm going to have more pleasures than I could ever get anywhere else. And so Emerson, last question I have for you is just what would be like last thoughts or words of encouragement to any student or anyone listening to this podcast as you think about guarding your heart? Um, I think just something good to remember is taking, take your thoughts captive. Um, just setting your mind on things above. I think that's what, I like tattooed on my arm for so long with the pin, not <laughs> um, which says set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Um, and yeah, just keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. Um, and you will find that joy and that gratitude and contentment um, only through him, though. I think that's just what's most important to remember is that he really is the only one that can satisfy. Um, and it's it's easy to compare. It's easy to fall down the slope and spiral and look at everyone else and start freaking out and quickly take Jesus off the throne and put something else. Like it really, it's, it doesn't take that much work to do. It's really easy, but it's a lot just better. Mm-hmm. It's a better life and yeah. glorifies the Lord when you put in the effort to keep him on there. It's amazing. I don't know the address of this verse, but as you were saying, there's a, a verse that came that comes to my mind that says the world and all its its pleasures are fading away. Um, and the verse is basically just saying exactly what you're saying. All the things that we might be chasing um, and in the process are not guarding our hearts. One day there'll be no more. Um, but what will exist is you. What will exist is God. And what will exist is the the eternal pleasures that that Will was talking about from Psalm sixteen eleven, and if you keep that mindset, that eternal perspective, I think it just puts the temporary perspective things like in the right in the right place in your in your heart and in your life. So that's so good, Emerson. Yeah, that's so great, and just emphasizing that the things of this world are temporary. The things that are in this world that are feeding our heart 
will only bring a temporary joy and satisfaction and it quickly fades. Um, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So when you're guarding your heart and you're filling it with things of the Lord, it will eventually give you that joy, that abundance that we're seeking in the world. But the true joy and true abundance is found in Christ alone and not in anything um, earthly or that we're seeking in and of ourselves, but only comes from the Lord. Man, Emerson, this is so fun. <laughs> you should be proud. This was a <laughs> this was an awesome podcast, and I I loved all your your thoughts and everyone's thoughts. And so I hope anyone listening to this is encouraged. So great job, Emerson. Thank you. But I hope everyone listening uh, enjoyed this as much as we did. And if you if you did, if you did like it, feel free to share it and leave a review. Go find the like, like and button and just, just <laughs> go click that. Go, go, go leave a review. It helps us out a lot. But um, again, we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much. Hag wow. We'll see you.